What's up, y'all? This episode of Restaurant Owners Uncorked is with Emily Blunt. Emily is the owner of St. Leo as well as St. Leo Lounge down in Oxford, Mississippi. And she's got an incredible story. She's an amazing lady, very just genuine, authentic, nice, humble, passionate, great energy. And gosh, she started St. Leo three years ago. And in the first three years, they've already been semifinalists for two different James Beard Awards. And uh, St. Leo Lounge actually just opened here this past March uh, 2019. So we talk about that. That was just a few months ago. Uh, but three years into St. Leo, and things are going really well. And this is a fun episode uh, from somebody who I admire quite a bit. Y'all enjoy. All right. Hey, everybody. It's Will with Schedule Fly. And I'm super, super excited today to be speaking to Emily Blunt. Emily's in Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, she owns St. Leo and as well as St. Leo, Leo Lounge, which just opened uh, a couple months ago. Uh, and it's just done so well. I mean, St. Leo was James Beard, uh, semifinalist for Best Restaurant in 2017, uh, 2019 semifinalist for Best uh, uh, Outstanding Bar Program, uh, Bon Appetit. Uh, had St. Leo as a top 50 restaurant in the country in 2018. There's probably a lot more. So, uh, Emily, thank you for taking the time and congrats so much on the success. You, have, you haven't even been open that many years, have you? Uh, no, and thank you for having me. And hi, everybody. Um, we have been open almost exactly three years. We just had our third birthday at St. Leo. And um, that definitely feels like a benchmark in small businesshood um, to get to that three-year mark. Yeah. Uh, and then the lounge just opened about three months ago. So getting settled in and into the groove with St. Leo and just needed to spice things up a little bit and open a brand new spot. <laughs> um, well, either really smart or slightly crazy. No, One of those. Yeah, <laughs> One of those. I mean, that's, that timing seems pretty pretty natural and, and uh but i mean it's never there's never a good time right i mean it's just it, you know it's, it's yeah it's like having kids like yep. you just you gotta jump in and and do it and um you know look at your market and see if if it makes sense and i think that i mean that was the path that i was on in terms of looking at opening a new place was trying to um you know see if we could fill another need that was that was uh left unfilled in in our community and and i hope and i think that the lounge is doing that well okay well it, that's interesting you bring that up your community because you're there in oxford mississippi but i was reading up a little bit before hand and um so you were you were born in northern california uh spent 10 years in new york city and what i read it may have been on your website or in an article uh but that you know saint leo sort of combines your love of, of big city style and small town hospitality uh, mm-hmm. and then the earth earthy simplicity of Italian cooking. So to, how, by way of Northern California, New York City, how did you wind up in Oxford? Oh, man, I married a guy I met in the bar um, <laughs> so, uh, who happened to be from Mississippi. I, yeah, I grew up right outside of San Francisco um, and lived there, moved uh, actually to Boston when I was 17, not actually 18 quite yet, to go to college. Um, I ended up uh, leaving Emerson College after doing a couple of years there and moving um, to New York in 1999. 
And um, in 2006 is when I met um, my now husband, who uh, is from Mississippi. Definitely did not think I would be moving to the South. Um, but after having kids in New York, decided mm. we were ready for a change. And um, really, after kind of all the cards were on the table, we decided to give Mississippi a shot, knowing that we could always go back to California or New York if it didn't work out. That was actually sort of the deal was if it was terrible in two years or five years that we would we wouldn't stay. Um, and I I guess if St. Leo is three um, and I've been here for seven years now. Uh, yeah, we were here for about four years when St. Leo opened. Um, and so I think I felt really invested in the town at that point um just uh, from having been here for that short period of time but but starting to raise a family here um and i think the community really provided a, an opening that i don't think may have been available to me or one that i would have been brave enough to take in a larger in a larger market or a larger city like new york or san francisco well i've heard i've never been to oxford i've heard so many great things about oxford um did did you so you were there four years what were you doing I mean, have you had you owned restaurants before or did you spend a, a lot of time in hospitality or what was your your background so i was initially um i was acting in new york uh that's what i was going to school at emerson for and when i left and i moved to new york city i i went to the neighborhood playhouse um i was in a off-broadway show for five years and during that time, I worked sporadically in restaurants. Um, I had also, you know, my first job in California when I was growing up was the, I worked in a, an Italian restaurant in Tiburon, California, which I don't think exists anymore. Um, but so I had been, you know, in the service industry on and off. Um, most notably, I worked at a place called Raul's um, in New York, which I loved so much. Uh, so I think there, there was always something about like the pace and the energy of the restaurants that I, I always just naturally gravitated to. Um, and then I, I totally was taken with, um, with Gramercy Tavern in New York it kind of mm. became my husband and I's spot. And I, when I read Danny Meyer's book, I realized that enlightened hospitality had truly happened to me. Um, and so when I stopped acting, um, and cause I had two really young kids, my kids are pretty close in age. Um, and we knew that we didn't want to raise them in New York city. Uh, that's sort of when the wheels started turning for me. And I thought I was going to do something hospitality related. Uh, I didn't know exactly how it was going to take shape, but that seed was definitely planted in my head before I even moved here. Um, and then when, once I was here, I started kind of looking around and I really started focusing on what I thought I wanted to do. And initially it, it was like a, the first thing I wanted to do was open a wine bar. And then it was, you know, a donut shop. I mean, I just I, I was just spinning my wheels about what I thought was actually missing um, and what I really wanted to see happen. And that is how the whole um, concept of St. Leo really was was born. And um, and truly, I mean, my mom, I just came from a very food centric background. Like mm. my mom is an amazing cook. Um, she always had a huge garden growing up. Uh, I, food was super important to me, no matter where I was, whether it was Boston or, or New York or traveling. Um, and I just, I felt like there was a gap in the market down here. And I 
I wanted a place that I wanted to eat at. And uh, also I wanted to create a sense of space and experience with atmosphere. And, um, and then I finally found that building that St. Leo is in. It's super old. It reminds me of New York. It's long and, and thin and it's like a, you know, like a railroad apartment. Um, and I was like, it's perfect. And everyone was like, no, it's really small. Like, that's crazy. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I was like, that every, everything's going to be fine. Everybody can fit in here. Uh, and so, yeah, um, that's really how that's that's kind of the, the short version of how everything got started. Did you uh, so you were you read Danny Myers, but was it setting the table? Yes. Mm-hmm. Boy, I can't tell you how many times people that have been very successful in the restaurant business that I've spoken to have mentioned that book. I've read it too. It's fantastic. Uh, he's, he's really inspired or, or helped inspire uh, or added inspiration to a lot of people in this business. Um, so 100%. It is true. What, what were some of the big things you took from that, that you've, you've deployed at St. Leah? I think that um, for me, hospitality is never ending it's Mm. always a work in progress it's new every day and i think that that is so important um and one thing he says in in the book which and you know maybe it's just ringing particularly true for me right now although i've seen this thread um throughout but hospitality is a team sport and you have to be with people um to play it and um and so i I like that idea because it it really goes to building culture um you know both within the business but also that culture then can spill over to the community you feel like you can give back to the community by creating this place where people want to come and and share their life's moments you know and um for me what happened is that I chose Gramercy Tavern over and over again to like have these really memorable times like right after I had my first kid I that was the first place we ate out or or whatever whatever it was but I was like I want to be able to create a place that can be a part and like a a backdrop and also a contributing person um or not I mean not person but like a character you know in in someone's life so uh, I think that you can achieve that through having great hospitality, which is um, what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's such a big, big part of it is just the, well, I like that hospitality is a team sport. I mean, the interaction your guests have, it's like you can serve great food, but if your whole team isn't providing that that experience that's memorable that they want to return, it, it's, a, it's a lost opportunity. Um, so... Mm-hmm. How do you, well, I mean, how do you instill that in your team? Do you find people that have that naturally or how do you build that, that mentality into your team? Oh man, I, um, I'm always, I'm still trying to figure that out. It's, it's really hard. Uh, you know, I think that at least for me, um, the part I love the most and the part that I find the most challenging is, the the people management side of it um and i i definitely think that it begins with just how you treat people um on a very very basic and fundamental level um and how you show up every day i think is also a, a really big part about that um you know we especially at the beginning and and this was 
done to set the tone of the culture, but we just did a lot of training. Um, and the great part about Oxford, um, in a lot of ways is, you know, we have a lot of people that this is their first job. So you can, you can kind of sow, sow the seeds that you want to see come to fruition, um, you know, from the beginning without out having to break bad habits or, or things like that. But I genuinely think that, um, I mean, on a very fundamental level, I just believe people are good. And I think that people who are treated well, um, you know, that, that it kind of all comes back to, it's, it's that cycle. It's actually the cycle that, that Danny Meyer talks about, which is the virtuous cycle, but, you know, treating your employees well, then therefore they will treat your customers well, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, we do a lot of talking about a lot of those principles. We, um, and the, the biggest of those just being kind of stepping up to the plate every day over and over again with the best version of yourself that, that you can bring. Well, you know, it's interesting. And you also, you were in, um, in, in acting and I mean, you're really putting on a production every day, aren't you? And it's almost, oh, totally. and if you nail it one night, awesome. But then you got to go nail it again the next day, right? It's not, now it's time to celebrate a, a great night, uh, and always yeah. it's it's a daily it's a daily thing. So it's I mean it's a tough thing to do. I'm, I'm sure to to keep that um, day after day to to keep that that level of hospitality uh, coursing throughout the veins of your your whole team and, and getting everything right. But um, I'm assuming that you do a lot of communication ongoing with your team. Lots of communication, ongoing training, um, you know, just daily check-ins. I mean, I meet with my managers once a week, but where we all sit down together. But I I mean, I talk to my managers every day. And so at the like team lineups is a good time to kind of like re-energize and remind people about things that may or may or may not be working um, really well. So yeah, communication is, is definitely key. And the truth is, just like being in a show for five years, you know, there are a lot of days that you don't get it right. But how do you recover? You know, how do you how do you keep the show going on? Um, Because the show must go on. Um, And and so that's that that's part of the challenge that actually makes it exciting and um, and why I'm happy to be in the industry, really, because there's never a dull moment. It is part of that. I mean, do you have to have people that I'm going to, I'm going to imagine you've got to have people that are self-aware, uh, so that you, they know if you may, they're not getting something right or they didn't get something right last night. And then also willing to accept constructive criticism and learn to learn from it and grow from it versus, you know, being, uh, upset by it. Yeah. I think that that, and I think that that is so, that's, so much a part of the challenge because you know people um you have to be open to hearing it and we hear it from our guests too we hear where we've gotten it right and we hear where we've gotten it wrong and um definitely try to listen to that and then personally i try to look at like okay what's the positive side and then what's the growth side rather than dwelling on the negative um, so, and I, there's some saying, which I'm not going to remember the, to- the, all the words, but, you know, essentially you need to praise way more than you punish. Mm. And, um, and so focusing on that, I think is, is super important. 
I've heard praise in public and you know critique in private too as as well. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that that's that's legit for sure. Well, um, okay, so so three years in, and then you you decided to open Saint Leo Lounge. Uh, oh, and by the way, um, so w- one thing I want to ask you before we get into that, I did notice something I thought was really cool. Um, it talked about how you wanted to serve the way your mother did, and you already mentioned, you know, you came up from a, a family that was very food-oriented, and she was a great cook, but it, it was with generosity and detail, which I thought was really cool. Mm. That's a good good combination. Yeah, yeah. so my mom um, is super detail-oriented uh, and very, like, she is the, the woman who picks her like each blueberry in her basket at the farmer's market she yeah. picks each one out and um and so she you know and she has inspired me to to see things in that in in that way um which i'm laughing because sometimes that's also um one of the things that i would say that my 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 team would be like, well, she can be really, really nitpicky about all of those details. Um, cause I, I see, I see all the little things. Um, yeah. and, and I definitely feel like I, I got that from my mom. My mom has a, just the quality of, um, of food and always from a very young age. I mean, she was working for environmental causes, um, for, the majority of my life so like what the actual product is um is is super important and i feel like i learned that from eating out of her garden from watching her interact um you know at farmers markets and and then also with the the work that she was doing um you know for environmental stuff in northern california um at the time uh but also generosity yes just wanting wanting to you know, give everybody a seat at the table, um, and, and therefore something good to eat once, once you arrived. Love it. Love it. So you, um, you then in March opened St. Leo lounge, which is, is that, is it in an old newspaper building? Is that right? Yeah. So, um, the old Oxford Eagle, it, it's the, um, well, the Oxford Eagle still exists as the town newspaper, but they're just no longer housed there. Um, and the, the building became available, uh, like after the, I think we were just a year old and we were really bursting at the seams. And so I rented one of the bays and we were using it as storage. Um, and I wanted to turn it into a support kitchen and like a small private dining area. Uh, and then the second bay next to it became available and, um, I was like, oh, I should just have, I should just take both, <laughs> um, which then turned it into a way bigger construction project than um, I had previously imagined, and that the build-out took a while. Um, we were a little bit behind schedule, um, and so we got open, um, but what's cool about it when you go in, so we opened up the two bays so you could, you know, the, like now it's one big space, uh, but I just like uncovered the old floors and you can see the old footers of the, the huge printing press and like the ink wells where they used to be. Um, and then where the, where the ceiling goes way up high, just in one portion is where the printing press actually physically went way up. Um, and so it's really neat. I, I, I love the history of the building. Um, it, it just 
totally goes, you know, contributes to the atmosphere in a, in a really nice way. What was, uh, so what was missing? Why did you open St. Leo Lounge? So, um, from a St. from the, the St. Leo perspective, we, um, as much as when I saw the building and thought, this isn't too small, we can make this happen here. Uh, I really had underestimated how busy we, we became. Um, and so our kitchen was just, is it's really small. Um, and so from a practical standpoint, I wanted to, um, I wanted to make St. Leo's product better by having the space to, you know, bake all of our bread there, do all of the pizza dough there, make all of our cheeses there. Um, so that has allowed us to move that part of our production for St. Leo over there with, again, the hope that the product quality increases and the consistency um, stays, you know, uh, as one of the most important factors. Um, and then from the front of the house, uh, our cocktail and our wine program really uh, have taken off and um I, there was not another place on the Oxford Square that offers um, craft cocktails and, um, and just interesting, you know, wine and beer options uh, in a large enough place where you can hang out with a lot of your friends. So there's a lot of bars in Oxford, but you can't, I mean, not one that I can think of that you go to and you can get something like in an actual glass, like, you know, and have mm. a nice cocktail. So, uh, and one thing I learned about Oxford also is that everyone has large parties and at St. Leo that that's a little bit, um, tough cause it is a smaller space. So, uh, we also had a lot of requests for events and, um, rehearsal dinners and birthday parties and things like that. So the, the thought was uh, we're going to open this larger space that will have the flexibility to house private dining or uh, private events. Um, and then if it's not rented out that we could have this, um, kind of spillover, um, cocktail lounge bar with, with snacks that would still feel similar to St. Leo, but, um, a little bit more relaxed and where you could have a lot of people at once. Everybody has large parties. Oxford's in Ole Miss in Oxford. Is that right? Yes. So okay. Ole Miss is here. Um, we are a small town of about 20,000 when school is not in session and about 40,000 when school is in session. Hmm. Um, there's Memphis is about an hour away. Uh, and, you know, there's a couple hundred thousand and kind of like the as you get farther and farther out. But it is small. Um but it's a very gregarious town. Everybody likes to go out. There's um, there's a lot of celebrating and, and partying for all different reasons, um, a lot. And I just, compared to New York or, or California, um, there's a, people have a lot of friends here and they all like to do things together, which is, which is great. Um, but that was different for me. That was not something that I had actually anticipated um, when we opened St. Leo. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, it's it's just a fun town. Um, mm -hmm. So, well, let me ask you this: What has, um, given that you, you know, I mean, this was really your first run at at, at opening a place like this, um, and then in in two thousand quickly in two thousand seventeen, you received the James Beard Foundation, um, you know, semifinalist for best restaurant. Tell me about that. How did that happen, and what did that mean to you? Oh my, uh, wow. That was crazy. Um, it was huge for us. I, 
I will never forget the moment that someone um, I found out via text actually um, because I it was so not on my radar that I I didn't even know that the list was coming out. I mean, okay, so I you really—I was going to ask you—did you know it was coming? So you really didn't. You oh, weren't even. Oh no, I knew. I—I I mean, I didn't even know that they knew who we were. Wow. I, I would have never dreamed that we would have been on on that list. I don't know how it happened. Um, and so I got a text that was like, "Congratulations!" And I was like, "For what?" <laughs> um, <laughs> and so truly, truly blown away and definitely has altered the course of of our business without a doubt it not only is just such an honor to be on their radar but also such an internal confidence boost for mm. me who, who had just taken this huge leap of faith jumping into this not not really knowing what i was doing um but also just for the whole team that like we were really working towards something that that was meaningful and bigger than you know any one of us combined um so so that was it was um totally life-changing in in that sense um and was the fire that just made everything like oh okay yeah this is this is what we are working for and and fighting for and then therefore has opened actually a lot of doors um i applied for and um was selected for the James Beard Women in Entrepreneurial Leadership yeah. Program. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Was that like um, last September? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And that was also just incredible. Um, what, to, what was that all about? So they um, they choose twenty women who have businesses across the United States, and um, you get together and essentially do a week long. Um, workshops and uh learning really about how to grow your business um you know it's everything from marketing to finance to um to figuring out how to pitch um you know growth to investors mm. but i mean the really biggest thing for me was that i met these other people who are super passionate super talented have amazing businesses and we were all able to just bond and throw things back and forth and say like oh my gosh yeah you go you go through this too okay wait how how have you done this so like the 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 friendships and um camaraderie that came from that have have genuinely changed just my life i know i just said that about the james beard nomination too but those are two things that actually really do um qualify for me um on the on that level um and they're amazing resources. Um, so I feel very connected to that community now. And it was empowering. Um, you know, women make up a very small percentage of um, business owners in, in America. And um, they definitely receive a way uh, minuscule amount of the funding that is out there. So to be able to connect with people who are kind of just, you know, what's the what's the word just fighting for for a seat at the table really um yeah. in the in the industry at large was um it, it's it's pretty cool uh, well uh, well congrats on that and I, i'm sure that was uh, i'm sure you're inspired by everybody there's any anybody in particular that that um stands out that you've really connected with that you've stayed in touch with and learned from oh man um 
all of them yeah. too 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 many to name but and we've all done a really good job of of keeping up and going and finding each other at all these different conferences but um i i can't even start naming them because i would have to name you all have to of name them all. I hear um you. i hear you um although i should really recommend schedule fly to them i don't know if they use your scheduling app, but, they, <laughs> but they but they should <laughs> yes yeah, spread the word i mean so <laughs> we'll take it we, we, i mean we've grown only through word of mouth so that's that's literally our our entire business has been on word of mouth but um oh wow yeah that's so cool yeah 12 yeah. years and seven thousand customers it's just been word of mouth one one to an, one to another Oh my um, gosh! I didn't even know you'd been around for twelve years too. Yeah, That's awesome. yeah, yeah. We we don't do any advertising or or sales or, or you know no traditional marketing or anything like that. So we just um so yeah, it's been sort of a like nice steady pace all those years. But um but anyway, but I don't want to I don't want to talk about us. I I, I um <laughs> but I, I appreciate yeah. Feel free to mention anybody. Um, so I, I will. And then, okay, so then you got so now you're on the radar, and now uh, you know you got the um outstanding bar program nod uh nomination from james beard this year and your bar um program manager is it joe stinchcomb is that right yeah joe stinchcomb is our bar director um so he is overseeing the programs at both places he's super talented um he's been doing a great job he has an unbelievable team behind him um I have Sawyer Danielson as our bar manager at St. Leo and Delantric Hunt as our bar manager at the lounge. They work side by side with Joe. Um, and Joe's just really come into his own. Um, he's like I said, he's just really creative and talented with, um, with ingredients and also super thoughtful about where things come from and, and why. And, um, he's he's funny and uh it's been really an awesome journey to watch him grow uh in this role um i do all the wine ordering which in the state of mississippi is difficult because it's controlled by the state um and so that's always fun and exciting you never know when you're gonna get what you want um (laughs) our our list is mostly special order um which can present some challenges, but I think it also showed the community that there was other things out there besides just the stuff that you can, you know, see in the grocery store and get over and over again. So I think that was a part of this really, um, like customer education about what the options are out there, Mm -hmm. um, and new flavors and, um, new varietals. And, um, so we've been able to bring in some really cool stuff, and then my sister-in-law, uh, Joey um, Blunt, who is actually also um, now uh, a managing partner with the business, she um, created our Prosecco Pop, which um, is one of the big things that we have become known for. Um, and so, all of those ingredients go to into our into our bar program, and and we're super excited about it. And it was great timing. I mean, that also. I had no clue about that. I was actually at the chiropractor this year <laughs> reading list um, because now, now I knew to read the list. Um, but I was totally shocked about that as well. And, uh, and really just really proud of the team because we were opening, I mean, the lounge was already in the works and we knew that we were onto something with, with the cocktail and the wine program. Um, but that was definitely some affirmation that was, uh, awesome to have in the you know while jumping into business number two 
Well, I'll tell you what. I found a recipe for some bourbon and coffee cocktail that y'all have that was in Garden and Gun. I, and I, oh, yeah. I took a screenshot. Yeah. I'm going to try that. I know it won't be nearly as good as well, but I'm going to try that because coffee and whiskey are my two, you know, coffee and bourbon are my two favorite drinks. So yeah, uh, I know. combining That's the two sounds really damn good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, I think it's called the evening edition. Evening it's edition. A, it's, yeah. It's a, it's a good, it's a good one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That looks great. Um, well, okay. So I, I want to respect your time and I want to let you go, but I do want to ask you this. I mean, you've, um, you know, three years ago. So congrats on that, that birthday, if you will. And then congrats Thanks. on the, you know, uh, gosh, what, just three months now with St. Leo Lounge. Do you think, like, do you think long-term, do you have long-term plans or are you just kind of going one, one place at a time? Or do you feel like you'll continue to grow your business there in Oxford and, you know, um, uh, look at different concepts or is it just something where you're just kind of going one at a time and just letting serendipity take its course? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. I, I am the like big dreamer always mm. have had them in all different, different forms, you know, right on the heels of opening number two, I'm like, Oh man, I'll never do this again. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, but I say that laughing because I also know myself. Um, I, I don't know what is in the cards, but um, like in terms of would it be a different concept? Would it be in Oxford? I I don't know. I just know that the the story for me is not is not over. Um, And I think that growth is definitely um, in in my future. I just don't know exactly what what shape it'll take. But um, yeah, I'm I'm the person who somebody long ago was like, you know, dream big and and follow your dreams and i was like okay i can do that i i like to get on board with with that and so i I don't think that this is it i love it i love it i'm sure it won't be uh that's very clear talking to you so uh well look you've carved out a really great niche down there in oxford and i mean everything i've read about what you've done has just been so inspiring and um, so thank you. Thank you for taking the time and sure. sharing your story and good luck to you and the crew. Tell them all that, um, that we said, Hey, from schedule fly. And I, I, I have, will. I have, this is just one more reason. I, I, for some reason I've always had, you know, there's like certain towns, um, mostly in the South and the Rockies that I've always wanted to go to and Oxford well, one of them. So we're waiting for you. I need uh, to make it happen. Yeah. We, one more reason. We, we will be here and we will be excited to see you and we'll feed you lots of good food and drink. Um, thank you so much for, for having me, Will. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Emily. Have a good one. We'll talk again soon. Okay. All right. See you see later. Ya. Bye. Bye.